Welcome, everybody. I'm Verl Workman, CEO of Workman Success Systems. And this is a call we do once a month to welcome everybody to, I'm going to share my screen real quick, to give you a little bit of an inside track of what's going on at the Workman uh, with our Workman coaches and clients and give you some ideas of some of the things that we do to help our people grow. Uh, the, the theme or the topic of today is finish, finish strong. How do, you, how do you do the right things and finish strong and set yourself up for an unbelievable 2022. So as we come into this last couple months of the year, a lot of people have a tendency to take their foot off the gas. And I've always found that when people take their foot off the gas, that's when I want to pedal down and lean in because there's so much opportunity that people um, um, shy away from because they think that nobody is working. And the reality is when you look at all the MLS data or the stats, you find that um, the amount of decreased business that happens over the holidays is, is insignificant, maybe 10% less, but it's not 50% less or 80% less, but so many people do 80% less work. And so there's people's life events that occur that cause them to move continue to happen during the holidays. We want to make sure that we put ourselves in a position to be able to, I like to use the word dominate, to be able to dominate going forward. And so I, I've, I've asked our senior director of coaching, Sarah Goldie, to join us today. Sarah Goldie has a master coach with Workman Success Systems. More importantly, she's a good friend. She's helped so many people and so many coaching clients um, not just take their businesses to a next level, but actually live lives at a higher level. And if you're one of Sarah's co uh, coaching clients, you know that's what it's like. Go ahead and say hi to her in the chat box so we know you're here and can ask questions. Sarah's also um, is the 13-year veteran of real estate. She ran a team in Maryland while living in Florida. Everybody take a second and think about that. Doing, you know, 65 million in her best year. She's living in another state. Like anybody else want to live that lifestyle? I want to live in a different state, have my team do, you know, high seven figures. That's exactly, uh, that's exactly Sarah. And so we're excited to have you here, Sarah. Thanks for spending time with us today and just kind of giving us some insight on how to, how to crank it up and be ready yeah. for 2022. I'm very happy to be here. And I have to warn you guys that are here to hear something like new and fantastic and you're looking for a silver bullet. We're not going to talk silver bullets today. We're going to talk about all the amazing foundational basics that we try to pretend we don't have to keep doing, um, but we're going to talk about how we can get laser focused on them and continue to do them at a higher level and take advantage of everyone else taking their foot off the gas right now, because that's what's happening. People are starting to say, oh, well, it's coming up on Thanksgiving and I don't really want to have to work that hard for the holidays. I had a call yesterday that was a, a new client coming on and they're like, well, I was thinking I would start in January. Because they, they think that it's like, let's just wait right now. Let's get through this period. Um, and so it's, it's we want to differentiate ourselves from what everyone else is doing in the market. Um, and there's a few really amazing things that we have that we use that drive people to do it. But you don't have to like reinvent the wheel. I believe there's some of the things we're going to share with you today. Um, and that'll be on a link on a slide at the end. And but I'm going to walk you through some some things that I try to have clients focus on that we as a whole try to have our clients really focus on and even more so at this time of year because it's continuing to do the right things. Am I right, Earl? 100%. So when you when you start thinking about 2022, 2022, here we are in November already. Um, when do you generally have your clients work on their strategic plans or business plans? We start talking about it in August. I want them done by October 1st. And so it's usually the beginning of August. And I'm like, hey, by the way, let's start looking at our business plan because I know it's not an overnight activity, especially at the depth and level I want them to go with in the thought processes. So by October 1st, I want it done because generally it's a 90-day sales cycle. 
So I tell people that nothing you do today is going to pay you back for 90 days. Like your year is already finished. So right. whatever you have under contract and done right now is what you're going to close out for the year. And what we should be doing right now is focusing on building the pipeline and getting the contracts and listings and everything so that we have an unbelievable January. And if you're not thinking about January right now, you're going to miss it. Uh, a lot of people think that the spring is the great selling season. Actually, right now is the great selling season. And yeah. the agents that focus right now on thinking about like what they really want to accomplish. I was just sitting in a meeting prior to this call talking about like 2024. Think about that. So we're thinking a year, two years in advance of what the business is going to look like and what has to be happening a year from now and six months from now in order to make that happen. And so let's talk a little bit about... Um, strategic planning and kind of take us through, Sarah, what you think about, how you think about strategic plans and, and take us through your process. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm just going to add too that when you start thinking about how you're going to like really blow away 2022 and have a strong beginning, there's going to be a benefit at the end of 2021, because as you start doing the activities, it is going to also say, hey, oh my gosh, yeah, actually I did want to buy this week or hey, I'm, you know, I'm a cash buyer and I'm ready. So while the year is pretty much over, there's still opportunity to gather more business for it. So this is a, a sample strategic plan from a client for our company. Names have been can you, changed. Can you blow it up so you can see it bigger on the yeah, screen? Absolutely. All right, let me just use the easy zoom there. How's that? Yep. All right. Um, so this is a, a strategic plan for a client. Um, and we like to look at it as what is the vision for your business and also for your life? Um, because obviously, I, I don't think very many of us are, you know, living so we can work really hard. And I don't think so. I could be wrong. If I'm wrong, let me know. <laughs> but so we want them to think about what, what they want to create in their business. And so this client wanted within five years to have a functioning team selling over 300 units per year. So we're looking long term. What does that look like? And then we want to look at the benchmark of what is one year within that. And so, again, they're looking at income, how many transactions they're doing, how many transactions their team is doing, because the goal is not for the team leader to sell all the houses, um, what hiring they're doing and what their business looks like. Um, and this okay, one so is just, just go through the numbers with me. So their five year yeah. goal is they want to be doing 300. Yep. And, so, and so at the end of year one, where do they need to be? At the end of year one, 55 closings was what they or excuse me, 127 closings is what they targeted at the end of year one. And that would put them at the, within five years doubling it. Honestly, I think their five-year plan is a little conservative, um, but that's what they wanted to go with. But they could do well more than 300 if they're doing 127 at year one. They should be probably about 450, 500 at the end of five years. Slacker. I know, right? <laughs> Um, what's great about this too, is you can see that they're not counting on them necessarily being the lion's share of the business on the team. Um, so they're 55 closings and they want the team to do 127. And I love that they're looking at, okay, how am I not the only person in the business that is funding the business basically? Um, for their six month targets, they set up a, a unit of 58 total. Um, and then they had some hiring built into there. You know, how are they going to support that business that they're building. And I know, was, again, some of you are probably sitting there like, well, how, do I, how does this make my year strong? We'll get there. Um, and then something that they added too is what are their pillars of income into this? And so your pillars are something in the business plan. And if you look at your business like a table, it's the four legs that are gonna help you reach your goal um, on every side. So that's how I describe it. We'll get into that more when we go through the business plan some. 
And then they set what their goals are specifically for the business, how they know they're making progress, what the biggest pains are and what's going well. And then I love that they put their personal objectives on here as well, because if stuff is going great in life, stuff can usually go great in business. And on the flip side, if it's not, then there's usually gonna, it's usually gonna show up in all areas. And so this client has some personal objectives like to continue exercising, to continue going on their date nights, um, taking golf trips with their friends, Kesha's tarpon, which is very specific. <laughs> I want to catch a tarpon. I'm like, I want to hand it on. So Sarah, you're, you're saying, so I want to unpack some of the things you yeah, said. Yeah, let's one unpack is, it. So one of the things that Sarah said that resonated with me is, is that she's talking about building a business that supports a lifestyle, not a business that is your life. Yeah. So what do you want your life to look like? And how do we build the business to create that life that you want? I think that's a big difference. A lot of people just build their business plans as the, as the and that is their life plan. And it becomes all business. And they look back and they, what have, what have they really enjoyed in their lives? And so I love that you have personal objectives in here, thinking about, you know, date night's an important thing. I've been married 35 years and we continue to have date night. And when we don't, things fill out of balance. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, I almost feel like the personal stuff in the business plan is even more important than the, the business stuff, because we got to get that really strong foundation. So you really can pour into the business in the way that you need to, and then have the time to enjoy your life that you want to. Yeah. When you, when you say it like that, I also, you know, when people have a hard time articulating what their why is, well, when you look back at the personal objectives, they're usually identified there. Yep. So I've learned when a client isn't doing the things they need to be doing to move their business forward, if I can look back to their personal objectives or the things that really motivate them, um, I ask them if they're still important. If they are, then how about we do the work? Yeah. And so what's great about the strategic plan and the business planning is some of these are only six months out goals. And so if you think about it, we've got three months left in this year, two months, really. Um, and so this is probably mostly six months goal by the first end of the first quarter of 2022, you should be hitting these targets if you make the plan now and you put the things into action now. And so the activities you do now, yes, 90 day sales cycle, but it's also going to create the habit in your business that moves things forward every single day now. And so if you haven't done your strategic plan uh, where you are looking at where am I five years, one year, six months. Um, this is another one. And so they added into it some of their um, quarterly goals for their business. They set personal development goals at the very top of their strategic plan. Um, it's, it is a I'm, Zoom, I'm sorry, I'll Zoom. It is a, a personal document that has to have certain metrics within it, though, still. Like you want to make sure you're looking specifically, and that's a key word is specifically, where are you six months? Where are you one year? Where are you five years? And make more money is not specific. Take more time off is not specific. It's funny with this one, they put, they want to be in the top 5%. That is a big deal to a lot of people. Yeah. Like the, the recognition that happens when they do well is a big deal to a lot of folks. Yeah, absolutely it is. So that's, um, and they have some other stuff too, like the wife not being, you know, the lead team leader that she's being, um, the marketing hires that they want to make, talking about profit share downline for the brokerage model they're in, um, investment properties. So they're looking at the whole picture when this, within this planning. And so this is a huge foundational piece of making, of finishing this year strong and making 2020 strong is knowing where you're going in 2022. I keep saying the wrong year every time I talk about it right now. I know. Well, it's next year. So it's, it's, so I'm just curious, Sarah, on these. Um, yes. These are actual real clients and yes. they're 
that many of the different names, how have they done in their accomplishment of moving towards their uh, these, how are they doing? This, all three of these clients are actually doing fantastic. And I largely attribute to that, that to them being so specific in what they are working towards. Um, I actually, these aren't all from my clients. I actually reached out to some of the best and brightest in the company. And I will say all of these clients have within the last six months or so um, been invited to join us in what we do actually. So they're, they're killing it so much with their businesses and implementing these systems that we're now having conversations about how they can help other people succeed in the business too. Isn't that fun? Yeah, it's super fun. I love that part of it when a, a client develops into having the ability and time to do what we do. So they're, they're, they are reaching their goals. I think it's, I have a client, I didn't pull her strategic plan, but we had, um, when she first started with me six years ago, she had to take a trip to a specific place on her strategic plan. And when we looked at it this year, I was like, why haven't you booked this trip yet? And she was like, oh, I guess I could. From there, aren't I? I was like, yeah, you're absolutely there. So it's fun to, to revisit those things too. Um, so talking about the business plan, the strategic plan is the beginning of the business plan, but we also have it as a separate standalone doc, just so it's easy to refer to on a regular basis. The business plan starts with me zooming in on it so everyone can see it. I think. Are you on a Mac? I am. Command plus. All right. There we go. My children teach me. My, my kids in uh, like uh, school teach me shortcuts. <laughs> That's awesome. I don't usually do it just in the browser window. I usually download the act, the PDF, but I wanted to keep everything in the same window to share. I get it. Yeah. So the strategic plan is in the business plan. Um, when you do it, you want to sit down and get uncomfortable with it. It's not a matter of just spending 10 minutes and fill in the blanks. Oh. If you have a significant other or a spouse, they should be a part of your strategic plan. So many people ignore that aspect of where do I want to be in five years? And, and they got to be along for the journey or you might have some more issues in your business that you didn't anticipate. Yeah, by the way, if you're not a workman client, we're taking you through this strategic plan and business plan. On the end, I'm going to give you a link where you can download this exact plan that what we use with our clients. So you can see how we do it and actually yeah. use it. We're, we're just going to give you whatever you need to be successful. And hopefully at some point you'll raise your hand and say, sign me up. I need a coach. Yeah. And I'm not going to run through the whole thing, but I'm going to show you some important things that we're going to talk about in here. This is an important thing. Um, and I'm sorry for scrolling fast. I hope I'm not giving anyone vertigo right now. Um, we do want to make sure that you're setting personal objectives. Like I said, make sure they're specific and we want it to be in, you know, the areas of family, faith, fun, fitness, friends, um, all those areas matter in your life If you're struggling in one area. It makes it harder to take care of the others. So we're looking to build well-balanced lives. Um, and that should be a deliberate decision and setting deliberate goals to help get there. Um, and if you need help, people are there to help you get there. Right. You know, I think people talk about balance, like you can do them all at the same time. Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, one of the things become more clear to me over the years is that I want to have all of those things in my life, but family, faith, friends, fun, fitness, and finances can't all be juggled at the same moment. And so I think when you do your strategic plan and you look at your business plan, you identify when you're going to be present in each of those areas. And so that all of you is there and you're not trying to do multiple things at the same time. So when you're doing your workout, like let's just work out. Now I'll work out with uh, 
with I'm listening to Dr. Shirley Davis's book on living beyond what if right now. And so I'm 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 strengthening my my brain muscle as I'm trying to not have a heart attack on the stair climber. Um, but when I'm with friends or with family, one of the most distracting things is when you're doing this, right? Yeah. And so be present. So when you block the time for family or friends, like I dare you to just put your phone away. It's like, like, like there's no emergencies in real estate. And if there is an emergency, why are they calling you? Like, yeah, you're not here, you know, if there's an emergency, they should call 911, right? <laughs> what are your realtor going to do? Right. I, I tell my, my, my kids all the time is, is less than I'm trying to impart on them. And I can't take credit for the quote. I don't know where I got it from, though. But wherever you are, be there. Um, and so if you are at home, be at home. If you are at work, be at home. And let's get your business to a point and by deliberate actions and deliberate choices so you can create that. And I actually shy away from the word balance a lot. I like to use the word harmony. Because there are going to be times where we have to really dive in and, and give more attention to the business part of our life. And there are going to be times where we get to have a lot more attention on the family part of our life. And it's just going to all work together if it's if you're proactive in the choices and recognize that sometimes it's a choice you make to give more attention to one place. Um, core values are one of the most important things of your business as well. If you don't know what your core values is, I'm going to encourage you to walk through the exercise on this page. Um, as you do your business plan, that again is a free download. And your mission statement, why are you in business? What makes you unique? What do you wanna be known for? Um, so these are kind of all the, what's the basis of my business? Um, what's gonna drive it? I'm gonna skip through this part because it's not a business plan call. It's a, how do we finish strong? How do we start strong? Um, and we could, spend, we could spend two days. Right. Business, like we, it would do a two day, it would be a two day session to do it just on the business plan. Yes. So the pillars of income, I, re I referenced them earlier, so I just want to stop and talk about it again. So a lot of people will um, say, oh, I do all my business based on referrals. Awesome. I love when you do all your business on referrals. Or let's say I get all my business from Boomtown. That's great. I want you to envision a business where you get everything from four different pillars. And so you have a phenomenal sphere of influence, top 50 and referral basis. And you have an amazing lead generation business if your business is set up to support that. And you're doing open houses and you have a farm. And so we're going to set our goals to hit our targets in each individual area. We want to try to hit that 100 percent. The reason I wanted to just clear, I just wanted to clarify that again, because the pillars kind of throws people off sometimes. And so if you get doing the free download and going through that, it's important to kind of visualize like top 50 sphere of influence. Your goal is to how are you going to make 100 percent in that one pillar? And you can do that four times over, because imagine if you just kind of fail at 100 percent four times over. So let's let's pause on this for just a minute yeah. and talk a little bit, because I think that um, it's one of the one of the most important pieces in thinking about how you're going to, you know, double your business or quadruple your business. What a lot of people do is when they see the four pillars, they go, oh, let's say I want to make $100,000 or a million dollars. doesn't even matter what the number is. If I want to do a million dollars, it's 180 transactions, whatever your number is. And they say, okay, I'm going to get 25% in sphere of influence. 25% is going to come from working FISBOs and expires. 25% from my geographic farm and 25% from, you know, Zillow leads. And so they put that on there and then they work them. And what happens is, is two or three of them only hit at 60% and only one hits at hundred and they fall way short of their goal. Yeah. So, so I learned this a long time ago is that whatever your goal is, if you go after four times that number, 
meaning 100% of your income goal. You have to show me that each pillar can generate 100% of your income goal. If you can show me that, then you've got it. And then you execute each pillar as if it's the only thing you're going to do. And then when two of them fall short, you, you still grow. You still grow way beyond what your goal is. Um, and Weaver posted uh, a note in the chat box that said, the first time I ever did this business plan, it was life-changing in all areas of my life. And when was the first time you did that? How many years ago was that? Within, I believe it was 2012, 2010 or 2012. I can't remember. Uh, yeah, long time ago. And it's gotten better. Like the business plan, right. adding to it and changing it and, and making it better. And so I love that you're still doing it and still with us. And like, I can't go through a year without going through a business plan like this. It doesn't like, I almost, I almost feel like what Zig Ziglar used to call a wandering generality. I, I would go around, run around like a chicken with his head cut off, just hoping to hit a bigger goal, whatever that might be. But when you think it through like this, and then you break it down and you start doing it, all of a sudden you just get clear on what you got to focus on today. I had a, a challenging call last week with a team member for a team and the team member just didn't quite buy into the business plan. And I'm telling the story because I think it helps illustrate why the business plan is so important because she just kept, kept saying, well, it doesn't matter. I'm not going to follow it, you know, the way I spell it out. So why do I have to waste all the time being specific? And I said, if you don't put the time in to be specific, it's like you're putting an address in the GPS that you don't know how to get to. You're getting in the car, you're starting driving, and then you turn off the GPS and you just kind of hope you get there. Um, and so this is it's a good one, right? Carol? Well, yeah, no, I'm just thinking like, like when someone thinks that it's, it's, it's like they're setting themselves up for failure and they don't right. want to go ahead and write it down. So when they fail, they don't, have, they have an excuse. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like, that's like bizarre behavior. Right. Yeah. I, I, we, and we talked through that and she got on board with it, but it was, it was just so interesting. And so the pillars, the reason I talk about it is now we're going to get to what the steps are that are going to have you an amazing, have an amazing finish to the year, an amazing beginning of 2022. I actually said the correct year this time. That's so exciting. Um, so one of the first pillars we tell everyone they should be doing is their top 50 in their sphere of influence. Your top 50 are the people that know you and like you or that you want to know better. You develop an authentic relationship with them. It's not, hey, so do you have a referral for me? Um, that's not the conversation. It's, you know, hey, I need you to sell your house and we're friends. And so you're going to use me. Not what we're going for. It's really getting to know people and caring about them. Uh, we talk about the Ford dialogue. Hey, bro, how's the family today? It's, you know. I like to say they're still growing. Right. <laughs> they are still growing. <laughs> we ask about work. We ask about recreation. We ask about dreams. And this is a I mean, if, if you were only going to do one pillar in this business, I would certainly frown upon that very largely, but I would say that needs to be your first pillar in all things that you consider is that you're going to work that program at a high level. And so for the purpose of this conversation um, is how to have a phenomenal end to your year and how to have a phenomenal 2022, we're going to talk about the top 50, because I think that's the path that people often miss. They want to go straight to paid leads or they're doing Zillow or they're doing Boomtown. And again, those things are great if your team is ready for it, but the biggest missed opportunity is the people that know you and like you. And we like to say that we lead with revenue, not expense. Yeah. So in order to lead with revenue, when we look at all of our clients and all of our coaches, uh, we ask the question, where are the revenue buckets that have zero or low cost that you're currently not taking advantage of? And if you're not closing 86 deals a year out of your database, I'd start there. Right. <laughs> it's a great place to start, especially because it really is just creating authentic connections. 
Um, your top 50, if you have if you have kids, it might include parents on the sidelines at your kids' sports. If you belong to a church, it might include friends that you have from church. And it doesn't have to be someone that's ever done a deal with you. It could be someone that you just know and respect and you want to get to know them better. And they're going to come to think of you as a resource because of that relationship that you build with them. And so that's what we're talking about is creating authentic relationships. And so in doing, you know, planning to have an amazing end of the year, one of the biggest things we need to do is look at who's are in our top 50. Um, and if you say to yourself, the excuse I hear most often is I don't know 50 people, open up your Facebook. And if you have 50 friends or more, then you know 50 people. I like to say, okay, let's start with the A's. Right. Tone out, then we'll go to the B's. I, like, I guarantee you they have more than 50 people in their list. Right. So, so those of you on, on this call, how many people you, or how many of you are actually working some version of a top 50 um, or have a sphere of influence or center of influence program, circle of influence program? You can raise hands, I think. Is that, yeah. I can't see everyone because I'm sharing, but I'm going to assume hands went up and it's, it was oh, yeah, it's huge. Yeah. Yeah. Huge. <laughs> and so awesome. And Dennis used the chat. Thank you, Dennis. Um, and so I want you to, as you're going through, think about what's one thing I can do to level up my top 50 to finish out this year, or start next year strong. Um, Crystal asked a great question. How do you work it if you're new to the state? So Crystal, are you, can you come off, um, are you muted or can you come on video? So Sarah, you're the, you're great. You're the perfect person to ask this question to, because one of your clients moved from Michigan to North Carolina and she's yeah. only been there two years and she hit a million dollars GCI this year. So yeah. why don't you talk about that transition? I think that, what are, so uh, Crystal, you have no idea who you're talking to. This is like the master <laughs> of starting in a new area. So Sarah, unload, give it to her. Yeah. And so the first thing that I usually think about, like the first thing I did when I moved to Florida, I didn't know anyone in Florida. The first thing I thought about is what do I like to do? Um, because I certainly don't want to develop a top 50 with people that are doing something that I don't even like. And so I wasn't going to go join a cooking club. Like it wasn't going to happen. <laughs> Not a cooker. Um, but I did really enjoy running when I uh, first moved here. That was a big passion for me. So I went and joined a running club. Um, my kids, I had you know, the fortunate that I have kids. If you don't, that's okay. Again, there's other areas we can meet people, but I really looked at what do I want my life to look like? Because we're again, not looking for people that are, have used you for a transaction. And so you being new to the area is actually not relevant. It's how do you want to spend your time and who do you want to spend it talking to? And so for me, it was running. Um, for me, it was, I joined a book club. Um, I got involved with a couple of moms that I met through the school as far as, you know, developing a, a regular once a month way to go out to dinner together. And so I looked at how I want to design my life. And that's where my top 50 grew from. And that's the same thing that my client Brooke did is she looked at how she wanted to design her life. She went around and said, okay, I want to start a, a networking group and talk to, you know, bring in women like a BNI or something. But she just was like, we're just going to bring in women and support small business owners. Um, and so it's really a lot easier than you think it is because you just have to think about what do you like to do and then go find that and do that or create that if it doesn't exist. That's what Brooke did is it didn't exist. And so she's like, I'm making a club. I was like, okay, let's do it. So these are relationships and friendships you're building. They're not people that you're going to ask for a referral on a daily basis. Does that help? So Crystal, when, you, when you're in a new area, you come into a new state, um, you know, Sarah's got this goal achievement system on here. And so the first thing I would do is I would say, okay, what is your goal? Year one is I want to generate $100,000 or $250,000 of income. 
And why is that important to you? And if you don't put the why in there, then we have a tendency to not really do it. So why, like, because my family needs to eat because um, we've got to be able to, I want, I want to, I just want to stop renting and buy something. I want to put money away for retirement, whatever that, whatever that real core motivating value is associated with that goal. And then a year from now, when, when you're on this same webinar and Sarah says, okay, so did you hit it and you say no, I want you to identify in advance what you're going to tell her your excuses for failure are. Sarah, how do you, how do you view excuses for failure when you look at them in advance? I love looking at them in advance because it, it eliminates the excuse. When you recognize and take a minute and sit with and say, okay, what are, what are the reasons? It's like, oh, I, I just didn't have time to join a book club or I didn't have time to meet new people or I just don't know anyone because I just moved to the area. If we identify that, then we can start thinking of solutions for it and come from a place of solutions instead of being stuck behind that story. Yeah, that was my reason for asking you guys that question because that's been like my real um, concern because I probably have like four or five people that I know casually from like meet meetup groups. Right. And then, um, additionally, I have been watching uh, the BAM program. Nice. So we went over the, you know, uh, business plan and we talked about your excuses and then of course your goal. So for me, I just don't want to be in the financial situation my parents are in at their age. Yep. So I look at that and I'm like, I need to learn how to manage my money and grow my wealth. What moved you to, uh, where, where do you live now, Crystal? Maryland, actually. Oh, oh, you okay. You said, so what brought you to Maryland from California? Uh, my boyfriend was moving out here um, to work on base. Okay. So that's, I mean, the military start over is something that happens every three years for a lot of families. <laughs> and a lot of people do real estate in that because it's easy to, it, well, it's not easy, but it's, it is. It's, you know, there's steps to it to pick up and go and take that, those, that skill set to a new state. And so I would say, Crystal, what do you enjoy to do for what, what's fun to you? So um, I know that I was looking at networking at church, at the gym. Yep. Um, On base. Right now, unfortunately, I don't have time to join a book club with all the books I'm reading for my business. Well, but you can, so what Brooke, Brooke didn't do a fiction book club. I'm going to go ahead and put that on there as excuse. That's an excuse for failure. I don't if, if you're reading books, you have time for a book club. Like that's just, that is what it, that is. But so I, I would challenge you to like say, okay, let's do a business book club. Um, and there's also resources on base where you can have social network created there. So there's a lot of opportunities. And I want you to stop telling yourself that it's going to be hard because you don't know anyone and instead start identifying what all those opportunities are and then do goal one. Now, what is your excuse for, like, you know, may start a book club. What's your excuse for failure? Oh, I don't know anyone. Well, that's okay. You're going to meet them through doing the book club. The first time I went to my book club, they were all total strangers. Yeah, I like that you mentioned just start an event because that's how I met all my friends was meetups. So that would be. So, Chris, so like, how long have you been there? I've lived in Maryland literally the beginning of COVID. So um, it'll be two years this Thursday. Oh, well, if you, don't, if you don't have 50 people in your list already, it's because you're not making an effort to, to build it. Like, whatever. What do you do? All oh, that? well, I just start, I just got my real estate license. Okay. <laughs> Where right. in Maryland are you specifically? Um, I'm actually in Finksburg near Westminster. Okay. Yeah, there's plenty of opportunity there. Um, you, yeah, they have a good community. 
Yeah, there's a great community there. I have a family in Thurmont. I have family in Mount Airy. There's lots to do. There's lots of community there. So you just need to find something and get involved with it, get involved in it. So starting today, yeah. starting today, your job is to add two people to your top 50 every day for the rest of the month. And the way you measure success at the end of the day is that I add two people to my top 50. Now, if you, if you get to where you have 50 and you find two more, then you get to find the two that you don't like and kick them out. So you keep the list at 50. And so every day we add two until you have your 50. Can you do that? Sorry, I'm also an admin, so I had to open the door. So from what I heard is that uh, you want me to work on getting my 50 by when? And then I heard you, if I go over, I'm allowed to kick two out. <laughs> We're going to add two a day. Okay. And they don't have to be besties now. They're going to be, you're going to get to know them right now. You just need to know their name and how to contact them and be willing to contact them. Okay. Hey, Crystal, let me give you a secret. The worst thing has already happened. They're not using you. So there's nothing worse that can happen by calling them and putting them into, putting them into the program, right? I have no problem calling people. I have another business where I call agents to do photography. Um, okay. Well, that's not going to build retirement. That's a job. You want a job or you want to make some <laughs> real money? Crystal? I'm just laughing. Sorry. Right. Okay. So, and this is, that's what this call is about. And I apologize right. for jumping in, Sarah, but so, no. so what we have to do is like everything Sarah is saying is right on the money. Get involved with activities that move you closer to your income goal. Do you have a clear stated income goal for 2022? Like, you know, exactly what that number is. Um, I started working on it. I don't have the number. I do know that you said, you know, shoot for the stars. And then if you land lower, but okay. you want that goal, that's higher. It's a hundred thousand. Like, like it's a hundred grand. If you don't make a hundred thousand dollars, you're not even playing. Like if you're going to be in real estate, let's go to work. Are you okay yep. with that? If you yes. think that's too high, then you need to join one of our teams and get on a team. If you're not already on one, because team members on 40% splits in Maryland are making more than a hundred grand, hundred grand. So like wherever you are, that's your number. First, first year there, hundred grand. You okay with that? Yes. And I'm with David Pridgen. If uh, you want to. Awesome. Yeah. Great. I'm David's coach. Yeah, so um, I'm a Perfect. mentee with Joyce in his okay. office. Perfect. I'll add too that Sherry Young in the chat has uh, posted her email address and phone number for you, Crystal. So she'll do a book club with you. Um, yeah, I saw something from okay. Maryland. Okay, and and Frank Lopez loves and hates when you crack the whip, for, uh, Earl. He's he needs it and fears it in his life. <laughs> I don't, if, we, if we don't make you uncomfortable, we're the wrong coaching company. Right, exactly. And so I, the reason we talked about top 50 and we did, go, it's, it was a good rabbit hole, but we did go down the rabbit hole there is top 50 and focusing in on that is one of the best, best ways to finish out this year strong and to also then have an amazing start to the end of the year. The other thing I want to talk about that we need to make sure we're focusing on is the daily success habits. And I had that open and now I don't anymore because I opened the business plan. Um, and so the daily success habits is what we focus on every day that is dollar productive in our, in our real estate business. And so it's not doing the, um, I want to make sure I'm opening one that's, nope. It's making sure we focus on calling people every day. And that's creating new business, not just follow-up. Of course, we need to make sure we're following up with our leads. 
uh, following ABC. So A, you have an appointment, B, call twice a month, C, call once a month. But it's prospecting, like Crystal adding new people to her top 50 every day. They're not going to be people she knows. They're going to be new business. When I first started out in real estate, I had someone tell me, uh, Rick Jiha actually, told me at a, a training I went to that I just had to find one person every single day to buy or sell a house. And I was like, oh, that's it? <laughs> I was like, is it really that easy? And it kind of was. Um, it kind of wasn't, but it kind of was. And so if you follow doing the daily success habits and then make sure you're deliberately engaging with your people on your top 50, you're going to have an amazing year. I want you to pick one metric that you're going to focus on for the rest of the year. We talked about this. Merle and I talked about this recently. So I want you to either, you know, say buyer's appointments are going to be your one thing for the end of the year. If you're a team leader or a solo agent, it should be listing appointments are going to be the one thing you're going to be intensely obsessed with getting for the rest of the year and do everything you can to get as many of those. And then you're going to have the most amazing first quarter you've ever had because you dialed in and focused on this one thing with such a laser focus and you worked your top 50 consistently calling them, talking to them, having coffee with them, grabbing lunch with them at least once a month. So those are kind of the, the, the gist of what you need to do. Um, so let's talk, talk about the leads real quick. I know I flew through ABC. The other thing that you need to do to have a great finish to 2021 and strong 2022, I'm just going to give up on the year names. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I'm done. This year and next. Let's just go with this year and next. This year and next. Yes, thank you. Is to pay attention to what your leads are coming in. It's so easy to, especially if, if you are an individual agent or a smaller team, it's very easy to not see everything that comes in or not pay attention to everything that comes in and just say, I'm really busy. I have a lot going on in my life. And so I'm just going to work with this one lead over here. And we're going to pretend this one never came in. And so we start cherry picking what we're doing. And so instead of cherry picking, I want you to deliberately assign every single lead, either an A, a B, or a C. An A lead, you have an appointment with them. And so if that Zillow lead that comes in and they're like, hey, I want to see 123 Main Street, they're an A lead. And so you go show them the house, you have a conversation about what it looks like to work with you. Uh, you talk to them about what it looks like to get, um, get a mortgage after you've met with them, that sort of thing. The B leads, are probably 30 to 90 days out doing something. And they are, I can't talk and, and navigate at the same time, apparently. But your B leads are going to buy something 30 to 90 days. And so you want to call them twice a month. This is uh, one of my clients lead trackers. They do color coding on it, but this is what it looks like. And so they do a B buyer. Um, every single lead that has come into their business this year is on this tracker. They put what the buyer is, what the source was, the agent it was assigned to, the client's name, the date the lead came in, first contact date, um, what they're doing, what the source was. Now, a lot of these leads on here are Boomtown, so they went on the tracker, but the team managed them through Boomtown, and that's okay. We allow that as long as we're inspecting the results that happen. Um, but you can see everything, this right here is what they did. And so A lead or B lead um, and what type of lead they are. That's what you should be doing with your leads. Um, I don't know if we're sharing a lead tracker or not. I don't think we are. Most um, people have access to it. Yeah, on most the people have access to it. Teams. Okay. So you want to make sure you're putting all this information on your lead tracker if you're still in it, because there's some clients who have moved out of it um, into the new thing that we're doing. If you're a client, you know, may know about it. 
Um, and so you want to categorize everyone. You want to put who the agent is. You want to put the client name, their phone number. And if you're following up with them in the tracker versus your platform, uh, which a lot of you might not have the platform, you want to make sure to put the first contact date and the next scheduled date, because then you can just sort the sheet by the next scheduled touch and make sure you're following up with them appropriately. So we're going to do several things here, and I know I flew through all of them. We're going to make sure we have a strong strategic plan, right? We're going to make sure we have our business plan done. We're going to identify our top 50, and we're going to dive right into it. Even if we don't think we know 50 people, we do. And we're going to make sure we have a deliberate, meaningful interaction using the Ford dialogue with them every single month. And we're going to not just do it via text. And we're not going to do it via phone call. We're going to meet them in person if we can. We say, hey, do you want to grab a cup of coffee? Hey, can we grab lunch? Um, do you want to go to the movies together? Whatever. Just deliberate, meaningful, building friendships interaction with them. We're also going to make sure that we are tracking our leads that come in. And we're going to make sure we're categorizing them by ABC. And then we're going to use our data success habits and make sure we're doing all the activities every day. The 61 points of rhythm in the middle, I used to tell my clients to consider them dollar bills because these are the things that are gonna create income in your business. It's not gonna be making sure that your transaction coordinator called the lender. It's not gonna be, if you don't have a transaction coordinator, making sure that contract gets to close. And so if you're still doing things like that, stop, get a TC. If you, if you just pay them per file right now and then, do the, um, make sure you're, what you're doing in your day every day is focusing on the 61 points of rhythm. And I want you to be intensely obsessed if you're a team leader with listings. And if you're a buyer's agent with getting buyer appointments, and that should be the one thing you focus on every single day is adding people, new people and getting a buyer appointment and getting a listing appointment every single day. And if you do that, you're not only gonna finish 2021 strong, you're gonna have amazing first quarter of next year and you'll probably do double your business next year. You know, it's interesting. So, Anne, I'm going to ask you to come off mute for just a minute. So, Anne, you've gone through this a few times where we've talked about these A, Bs, and Cs, and you've talked about doing your business plan, and we've gone over, you know, doing the a strategic plan and doing your daily success habits. Uh, when you hear it for the 1800th time, what do you hear differently today? It's just you've got to be consistent. You've got to do it every single day. No exceptions. What kind of an impact has the implementation of tools and the work the workman tools had on your business over the years? It's had a great impact. Um, my this year, I'm going to finish out my best year ever. Yeah. And, um, yep. High five. And uh, I um, you know, my team is is has some growing pains, but we're we're going to get there. And um, we we're having, we did a uh, CRM conversion at the end of last year, first part of this year, which was brutal. And so anyway, but it has really helped a lot. That's why I stick with it. You have any idea how excited I get here when I hear words come out of your mouth that start with <laughs> my team? When you say my team, right? this warm, like how many years did you fight that concept? I know you and Sarah tried to get me into that for a long time. And I used to be so mad at Sarah, but anyway, it's a long story, but it's a good one. <laughs> well, congratulations on your best year ever. And isn't it interesting that even though you've had challenges and even though you've done a new CRM and even though you've got uh, changes happening in your business, you still pull off your best year and you wouldn't be able to do that if you didn't have the right fundamentals in place. So congratulations. Yeah, it's, uh, 
I've had team leaders particularly ask me before, well, do we need to keep doing the daily success habits? I'm like, yep, you do. Absolutely. Um, I have one client that's six years now and she's doubling her business over last year, even with everything that happened last year and literally doubling it. And it's, she not only does the DSH every day, she does it on the paper and carries the paper around with her every day. Like it's, it cracks me up. She's like, I have them all scanned in. I'm like, that's awesome. <laughs> you know, we don't spend enough time talking about this, but the daily success habits, if you don't cheat now, like people want to get the points. And so they like to say, I got the points, but when you don't get points doing dollar productive activities and you cheat, does that help you or not? It doesn't help you one bit. Right. And so when you understand that if I really get 61 points a day and every 270 points, I'm going to close a transaction. I never want to cheat. I want to make sure that I get my 270 points doing real dollar productive activities. Because every 270, I'm going to have a closing. And if I want to increase my closings, all I have to do is increase the number of um, number of personal contacts I'm making and dollar productive activities. And so it creates a predictable, consistent business. And yeah. that's what most people lack is they have these big peaks and valleys, Sarah, where, you know, hey, I'm hungry. So I'm going to prospect and they do it for 60 days and then they fill their pipeline. Then they go out and do transactional and run around like, you know, wild people. And then they have a big month and they go take a week off and go to somewhere. And then they come home and they're like, oh, crap, I have no business. And they and start the whole cycle over. over. Yeah, right. It's crazy. Um it's just every single day. And, and yeah, I had a, you know, I've seen people argue for points. Why should get points for doing this? Because I had to do it. I'm like, no, you sure. Yeah. It's not dollar productive. I don't care. And, and they kept trying to debate for them. And I finally was like, look, this isn't for me. I'm not passing out gold stars. Like that's just not how this works. And honestly, if you choose to cheat yourself, then that's your choice. I can't make you not, but you're only cheating yourself. So tell me about the left side of the, the activity tracker, what you're tracking there in the calendar. So the activity tracker in the calendar is um, one of my most hated and favorite parts of the uh, of the daily success habits, because that's where it really shines a light on all the BS we're telling ourselves. And so if you take your phone and you set a, a timer to go off every 30 minutes and every 30 minutes you have to write down what you just did, I guarantee you your work day will no longer be a 15 hour day at the office selling real estate to sell 15 homes a year. Because you'll all of a sudden get very clear on all the BS fake work that you're doing and get refocused on what you should be doing. And maybe you'll still work a little bit longer day, but it certainly won't be that many hours and you'll actually sell some houses. So what I'm, what I'm hearing you say is, is that by tracking it, you gain clarity on yeah. how much or little time you actually spend um, working on and in your business. Instead yeah, my things that are just pretending to be busy, but don't actually move you closer to your goals. And it's also it's not even just exposing the fake work. I actually like to use the, the first scroll for this one a lot as I will form better habits and become their slave, because sometimes we're doing things that are OK. Um, sometimes people come into coaching and they've been pretty successful, um, but there's still a lot of pain in their life because of the way their business is working. And, and some of you might identify with that. Um, and so by tracking what you're doing at whatever level you're at, you're not only going to recognize, okay, yeah, I'm actually doing this great. I am getting my prospecting done, but then I lose four hours every day doing transaction coordination. How can I improve that? How can I do better? And so we want to look for the opportunities to do better in our day. Um, and we want to look for where we're spending four hours doing Facebook calling, saying we're doing our top 50. One of the things that became really clear to me when I really started tracking my in my activity tracker was that 
I was spending 10 or 12 hours a day away from my family. And half of the time, I couldn't really pinpoint what I was doing. I was just there, but I wasn't, I couldn't say this is what I did. And it started getting fuzzy. And I really forced myself to, to, to understand what I was doing and really write it down. And I realized that I only needed to spend six hours away from my family. Right. And if I was really focused and really intentional about what I worked on, I would have a lot more time. And that it, what happened is, is my, by spending less time at a higher level of focus, I was able to increase my production and increase the amount of time I had with my family. Does that make any sense? It makes Just total sense. Because I yeah. became aware. That awareness is the, is the key. It's not an accountability tool. It's not for your team leader to babysit you or hold you accountable. It's so you become aware. And once you become aware, I think that most of us are pretty intelligent adults. And when we become aware of a behavior that's not healthy, we, we, we change it. Yeah. Unless it's an addiction, then it gets harder. Like carbs. I, I'm, I'm totally addicted to carbs. <laughs> carbs are your love language. Right? <laughs> yeah, it, it absolutely creates self-awareness. And so what this, this whole sheet is not for anyone else to give you a gold star or a pass or a fail. Do teams use it in accountability? Absolutely, because it helps teach people how to hold themselves accountable. This is entirely a self-accountability tool. This is to help people determine the, okay, I said there was no silver bullet, I lied, because this is the closest thing I think you'll come to in real estate to a silver bullet. Because like Pearl said, if you know 270 points equals a contract, you kind of get to choose how many contracts you're gonna do a year by the focus you give to your points. And do some points have higher return than others? Absolutely. And so if you send 61 emails a day, it probably will not be as effective as sending 10 emails, making phone calls and meeting people face to face. And so keep that in mind. You're only cheating yourself there if you're doing it just to get the points, but it will still be more effective than doing nothing and just pretending you're at work all day. We've got we've got a master coach on the call with Sarah, and I'd like to encourage all of you to do go into the chat box and ask questions. Let's uh, let's see if we can stump the coach. I'm just have a little bit of fun with that. I don't care if you're a coaching client or you're a, uh, you're on somebody's team or you're just uh, part of our Workman Success database and you're here for the first time. Ask Sarah anything, and let's see if we can stump her. I like to, I'm gonna I'm gonna make that a personal challenge. I think you try that every time. I'm gonna stop saying I'm gonna stop saying yes to webinars with you. <laughs> Sarah, what do you think the most important thing, like between now and Thanksgiving, an, an agent should focus on to get the highest return? I would today make sure I have my top 50 list done. And I would today look at what are my lead sources right now, identify them A, B, and C, and start making sure I'm following up people. And if it's someone you haven't talked to in a while, hey, I'm really sorry I haven't reached out. I want to make sure I haven't dropped the ball on anything. What would you say the biggest mistake that your team leaders make in building their teams? Ooh, I mean, What's a common thread? You get it all the time. The, the common thread, I mean, there's so many. Probably a big one is, um, if we're talking about hiring, is not hiring the right people and just filling the need for someone. Um, if we're talking about being dollar productive, I think they're like, well, that's, those leads are no good. We're not going to use those leads. And so they immediately discard a lead because they didn't call you back. Um, but the thing is, people don't call you back because they don't need you yet. But they're going to call back the person that called them the most, that the person that they thought of last. So that's that's the biggest thing is people like think it's, oh, well, they, they didn't call me back. They take it personal. 
Oh, I love you. Got great questions coming in. Okay, yeah. so uh, you just said something that I want everybody to help. I want to make sure everybody got it. And that is that there's no bad leads, just people who aren't ready yet. Um, I, I interviewed a team leader just last week on a call that said, I am so competitive. I love to go into the dead leads that my agents mark as dead and then show up at the sales meeting and say, I got four contracts out of your dead leads. They're not dead. They just aren't ready yet. And what, yeah. what happens is, is we work, we burn through them trying to think, oh, they're not, you know, they're not answer the phone or they ain't call me back. So we call them a dead lead. That's not true. You're just not, you don't have the right message. So change what you're saying. If what you're doing is not getting conversations, do something. I don't even care what you do is do something different. Well, and, and even to add to that, like you may not even need to change what you're saying. You may just need to not take it as it means this if they don't get back to you, because it doesn't mean anything other than they don't need you yet. That's all it means. It doesn't mean they don't like you. It doesn't mean you think they think you're a jerk. It doesn't mean that they don't want to do anything in real estate ever. It just means they don't need you yet, period. Yeah. So this is a hard question. I'm going to ask you to really think about it. Yeah. Sierra wants to know, you know, when first starting in real estate, should I drop my nine to five job and focus completely on real estate? That's not a, a blanket answer, but I can tell you, you should be, you should examine what your personal situation is, examine your finances. You have a significant or other spouse that needs to be involved in that. Make sure that they understand what you're, you're committing to, and then recognize that you can get going full-time in real estate as fast or as slow as you like, and it is tremendously tied to the activities that you do. And so if you do want to, or if you are able to make a plan to leave your nine to five job, really get dialed into doing real estate, don't get into real estate and then expect business to come to you just because by virtue of you saying, I'm in real estate now, you have to be willing to put in the work, get the 61 points, focus on creating relationships, focusing on being a resource, um, making opportunities. And I don't mean work 20 hours a day doing all that, but you have to be willing to feed on the ground, put in the work. You know, I had a I had a team where the agent was, uh, you know, the reality is sometimes we have to pay our bills. Yeah. So I know I want to be in real estate, but I got to pay my bills. And so what we did is we said, OK, we'll, we'll take you on the team, but you have to have a definite hard stop date, meaning that if you'll do these activities and we get one or two deals under contract, that gives you a little bit of breathing room. Then we can focus on full-time on real estate. Yep. But if you don't show up for the huddles and you aren't doing your 30 points instead of 60 points, you come up with what you're willing to do and you execute it, you'll be able to, you'll be able to make the transition faster. So just yeah. think about if I'm going to do this, um, I don't know. I just like, if it's kind of, it's kind of like, if it's kind of like, um, throwing in the paddles, right? You, you got to make a decision that you're all in. And yeah. And part that. of that includes a plan though. Yeah. yeah right. And anyway, I, I just think that uh, I love that question. And yeah. Sarah asked, said it was very personal. Frank wants to know, is it possible to go from zero to 150 in a year in a cold market? I mean, what, we don't let the market determine like a cold market. What's that? There's still business happening. There's still sales happening. So yeah, it's absolutely possible. It's actually the same answer as the last question. It depends on what you're willing to commit to as far as the activities you show up and do every day and what you focus on. Um, but that's yeah, the mark, what Ann just said, the market is what's between your ears. It's, there's always business happening. And so when I hear someone say, well, the market this or the market that, I actually encourage you to go look at the MLS data for your market because I'm pretty sure it's not as cold as you might think it might be. Unless you're talking temperature and then I put a hat on, I don't know. Frank, the answer is yes. 
100%, you can go to zero, 150. The answer is yes. The question is, are you willing to do the work? And if you are, Sarah gave you the outline, build your plan, come up with four pillars of income, how you're going to get there, execute every day with your daily success habits and just track the things that matter. You just get up every day, eat rejection for breakfast. And if you get rejected enough, you don't have to be that good at real estate. You'll figure it out. You'll right. start getting some deals. You just got you to put yourself in a position where um, people can say no to you. Yeah. And I like Don's question, what keeps you from burnout? It's actually looking at the whole picture. And so it is looking at when you're doing your business planning, what's important to you with your fitness, what's important to you with your family, what's important to you with your faith, um, finances. And so we have to look at our lives as a whole picture and not just one piece. Um, if we're not taking care of our spiritual, mental, emotional, and physical health in addition to our business, then we're doing ourselves a detriment. And so what's going to keep you from burnout is being deliberate in how you spend your time and having a plan for success and having specific time set aside to address all those other needs, going to church or synagogue or whatever is important to you, making sure you take time to exercise, meditate, pray, whatever, whatever all those things are, it's actually building those into your schedule because there's no volume of business that we're doing that should take 24 hours of our day. And so if we choose to be deliberate in how we spend time in our business and then set aside time to do those other things because they're important and because it matters to do them, then you're not going to get burned out because you're going to be taking care of your whole self. People generally burn out, um, Don, when they focus on themselves instead of others. And so when everything you do is centered on you, then um, it becomes overwhelming. But if you look at your business and your life and say, how can I serve others or how can I have somebody else help me in this area and not make everything be about you, you're going to find that there's amazing people out there that have skills you don't have that are better at transaction management coordination and better at creating marketing and flyers, better at putting signs out. And if you learn to delegate those things and only focus on the things where you get the highest return on your time, you'll find that the, bone out will be, the burnout will be diminished. Will you stop your share, Sarah, and let me share mine? Yeah, absolutely. And I'll add to that too, like it, it's, you know, whole, the whole thing they say on the airlines, put your oxygen mask on first. If you're not putting on your oxygen mask, then you won't be able to serve the people that you want to serve. What a, that's a lot of stuff today. So we've gone through a lot of information and I appreciate yeah. all of your insight and love the questions. Uh, for those of you, if you're not a workman success client, go to the, uh, go to the sheet right here. You see in my downloads page. Uh, take a picture of the screen, use the QR code, and you can download our free Workman Success Business Plan Workbook. Uh, if you'd like to know what it looks like to become a Workman Success Coaching Client, uh, schedule your free um, a business analysis, and one of our team members will go through where you, where you are. Talk about what would look like moving forward. See if we're a good fit for a coaching relationship. If we're not, they'll give you some very specific things you can work on. And if we are, we'll, they'll show you what that roadmap looks like. Sarah, final thoughts? Um, just put the plan in place. Like this is not let's wait another month and get this done. It's let's start now doing the things we talked about because what you're doing today is 90 days from now. So we're already working on January business. So get to work. Thanks, everybody. Sarah, thanks for just being so giving, willing to share. Good to see you all. See lots of our friends and clients on there. Thanks for being here. Have a great next couple of weeks. Happy Thanksgiving. And uh, we'll see you all soon. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>